Let's see. Well, I just did a uh, presentation, educational talk on coffee uh, for a beer brewing class at Kalamazoo Valley Community College. I was like a, a professor for the day. That was pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, we're supposed to get paid for it, but I have no idea what I'm getting paid for it. Cool. Did you get to wear a big ceremonial garb like they give to footballers? When footballers are good enough footballers, they act like they're also smart. Yeah. College is yeah. give them ropes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though they never attended a class. Uh, no, I wish. That'd be nice. I did get to hang out in their culinary theater, though, which was beautiful. I love a good culinary theater. And they were, they were like, telling us how sad that they're like, we don't use this room, like, ever. And I was like, that's so tragic. It's fully stocked with everything you could possibly want in a kitchen. And then there's just, like, cameras everywhere from did, every angle possible. Did you ask them about the possibility of converting it into a podcast studio? Listen, get get this refrigerator out of here and get us a... Uh... We'll just leave it all in there. Who cares? That can be the background. Yeah, actually, I, we can make this a soccer cooking show, actually. That yeah. sounds fantastic. Yeah, Or just get people to cook while we're doing the podcast. In the background, <laughs> there's just cooking going on. <laughs> That's super funny. It'll be fun. Sorry about these audio levels, people. I'm trying we're to peaking. get them straight. Uh, my laugh definitely clipped there a little bit, Uh-oh. Um, as my laughs tend to do. For people that know me, <laughs> uh, it's either a very angry scowl or a super loud laugh. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, welcome to Soccer Situations. Uh, I'm Todd. And I'm Alex. Um, and we're here to talk about soccer. And I like to talk a little bit about pop culture. And um, we try to talk about when the two things overlap. That's the goal. Yeah, because that's when it's the best. Yeah. And they do <laughs> often enough if you keep your head up. Yeah. Um, but this weekend was really uh, an exceptional weekend for the soccer itself, so we should probably focus on that. Yeah, right? we can start with that at least. Uh, yeah, what a what a weekend. Do we just want to start with the, the early kickoff for the weekend? Set the whole tone? Um, I mean, before we even get into any of these kickoffs, let me dig through my notes here for a second. I don't think my cloud notes on my iPad updated. Uh-oh. Let me look at my computer notes because I was just – I mean, this was such an insane weekend just for goals. Yeah. If, if you're like a knucklehead that doesn't really care about strategy or nuance or anything, you just want to see goals, Yeah. this was like the best weekend of football. Um from that opening fixture, we've got like the soccer goal, the volley, you know? Yeah. We had the incredible uh, Martinez own goal. We're going to come back and talk about all of these. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, the Martinelli rapper with the pre Yeah. which was incredible. Zinchenko strike. Oh, my God. The Zinchenko strike. His first goal ever, yeah. which is just a, a phenomenal hit. Um, in the Southampton Chelsea game, we had a, a classic word prowse free kick to decide the game. Um what a classic result that in is. The what a one desperation relegation struggle. We had uh 
Everton legend Seamus Coleman to hit an absolute belter. Can you hear that thumping on yeah. the mics? What is, is that? Is that on mic? Let me see. I can see my mic lighting up when that's hitting, so I'm worried about that. Hmm. Sorry to disrupt the flow of that. Well, if there's any time to disrupt me, it's when I'm talking about a, a good Everton goal. It's true. So it's that fine. Is true. I'm not too offended by it. Um, <laughs> I can probably t- get those thumps out if they come through. Okay, sorry Downstairs about that. Downstairs neighbors are uh, hanging some hanging some art. They've been doing like. some construction lately, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. But anyway, um, in short, to wrap that, it, it was a weekend of bangers. I think we can't... We can't uh, not mention Villa's goals too. Both oh, of Aston Villa's yeah. goals were great as Fantastic. well. Fantastic, Ollie Watkins. Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, he absolutely roasted Saliba. Yeah, came in from the outside, shot just lethal, like clinical finish across goal. Yeah, yeah, it looked so easy. Absolutely. Then great team build up for the Coutinho goal. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Beautiful. Um, yeah, great stuff from Villa. Great stuff from Liverpool. We'll come to. I know you haven't been hearing much of that lately, but uh, both the new boys, Darwin and Hakpo, Hakpo, I've told it's pronounced, uh, is, uh, yeah, yeah, great to see both of them uh, get some goals in the league. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's now rewind and go, I guess, chronologically through uh, through the weekends. Yeah. Started off with get back to those goals we were just talking about in the Villa-Arsenal game. Um, yeah, I mean, this game for Arsenal was, like, Easily could have been a banana peel game coming off of a, a brutal loss midweek and having to bounce back and play the first game of the weekend, the 12:30 kickoff. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty harsh for scheduling um, and away to Villa at Villa Park. So it's not even like we were at the Emirates um, for that early kickoff. Um, so I'm sure there, there was definitely a ton of nerves amongst Arsenal fans, I'm sure, going into this game, especially with Unai Emery on the other side. Um, just you know he wanted to beat them so bad. He, you could see it in his face throughout the game that he wanted to beat Arsenal really bad. Yeah, I don't know. I he seemed he strikes me as such a classy man that yeah. I don't think he. I don't like to think he has a chip on his shoulder about yeah, Arsenal. Yeah. Um, but boy, did he look sad when he came back. <laughs> he looked really upset. He really upset. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think he does have necessarily a chip on his shoulder. He talks kindly of Arsenal all the time, but. Yeah, he was definitely very upset um, because his team started really well. Um, Arsenal, I think, you know, controlled the game a little bit, but Villa was lethal. That that counter, Zinchenko losing the ball, it was like one, two, boom, in the back of the net. It was just a beautiful, like, they took advantage of a, a mistake and lethally um, to take, that, take the lead pretty early on. Yeah, once they started clicking... Um, it really looked like a, a team that was just kind of in a daze and just reawoke. You know, we know yeah. we know the results haven't been great lately. That looked literally like someone just flipped a switch and turned them back on. Yeah, and all of a sudden they were flying again. Yeah, it was impressive. Um, but it so that was the fifth minute. Uh, luckily it didn't last too long. Um. Arsenal were, you know, desperately trying to get back into the game. Uh, Kaya Saka, of course, the new, the definitely like our new hero. I mean, he was he's always our hero last season too, pretty much. But <laughs> he's really stepping up, like in big in big moments now. He's kind of um, looking more like a hero these days. He is. He yeah. looks like more. He looks like more of a man now. 
Yeah. He looks still look like a kid a lot of the last like last season and even early early in this season I feel like he was you know, he's just been show, he's been growing every match. Yeah, I think I saw a clip or a headline somewhere um a quote from Henri telling him to be more aggressive and more of an angry player basically. Yeah. Yeah, cuz he is like such a nice kid. Yeah. So he has to like he has to learn that mentality on the pitch. Right. Um and he's showing it now. Like that strike was you could see like the anger in that the frustration oh, in yeah. that strike. Oh yeah. Just hammered it into the roof of the net. Um but yeah, that was uh it felt great at that moment for Arsenal fans. I feel like we were like, okay, maybe that'll be the spark um to get us back into the game. Um but that that wasn't wasn't the case quite yet. <laughs> uh yeah, Villa still False looked daunt. they looked great still. Villa was dangerous throughout. Um both wingers were dangerous. Coutinho was dangerous. Um, yeah, they just – Ollie Watkins was making all kinds of trouble for our center backs. Right. Um, way more than I thought he would. And, their yeah, their second goal was beautiful. It's just, like, beautiful team play. Coutinho, mm-hmm. I think, starts the play in midfield. And oh, then did he? he, like, spins it out wide and then just kind of jo- – you know, he, he gets into the play, but he kind of jogs and lays back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that ball – that cross in the dummy for the cross was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely sold the defenders on the first half of the box, and then Coutinho takes a touch and sends the keeper and the defenders all the wrong way, and like cuts it short to near post. Uh, it was what a finish that was. Did Classy. you feel a touch of PTSD? Uh, he used to like scoring against Arsenal in Liverpool colors. <laughs> yeah, he did that to us a lot. Yeah, um, more of an outside of the box belter back then, right? Yeah, his more trademark kind of curl. He loved curling one, yeah, from the outside he, and I the feel right like he corner. Hit a lot of his signature hits that people think of against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, he loved doing that, bastard. Um, I was hoping we would sign him though when he was coming when he was leaving, coming back. It seemed like it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, he's a good player. Had Stevie passed through Aston Villa and turned his head. <laughs> yeah, stole him for a second and then got fired immediately. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, we can continue because some of the funniest things of all time happened in this game. So, yeah, into the second half, um, obviously Arsenal come out. They have to. I mean, they can't. Draw in this game is not even enough. They have to go all-out attack. And of all people to get us level, someone who's been frustrating the hell out of me for the last, like, three weeks, uh, Zinchenko. Yeah. He's just – he's been just hapless with the ball lately, and he's been shooting a ton – and it's been pissing me off so bad because he's he was taking terrible shots, and then he pops up with his first ever Premier League goal to level the game with an absolute fucking snipe. Yeah, it looked like the shot of someone that scores lots of goals. Yeah, yeah, it was cl- it was so lethal because it was driven low and hard into the near post, like beating all the de- defenders in front. I think it goes through a defender's legs too. Yeah, it was a clever shot. Yeah. Absolutely. What a goal to score for your first ever. Nice misdirection. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was pretty great. I, I don't uh, think that's going to stop his terrible shooting, though. Now he's going to feel more confident now to keep shooting every did. chance he gets. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Let's it's hope true. he can do more of those. We speculated a little bit that he might be under order from uh, Mikel to, uh, to shoot more. Yeah. I heard some commentator mention, I think maybe after that goal, that, or recently I've heard them say that he was burying those. Um, and during warm-ups, and he's been, mm. like, practicing that. Mm. So it must be the thing Mikel has him working on. Could be a thing, dude. So that leveled the game up. 
And I mean, this game has just been amazing so far. All beautiful. Every goal was beautiful. Quick recap: Aston Villa went up two nothing within the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for, no, first they no they went up one nothing oh, five minutes in. It was one one sixteen minutes in. Thirty first minute, uh, Coutinho put them back in front. They took the lead twice, and you came yeah. back twice. Yep, and they took the lead at halftime. Okay. Um, so Arsenal came out, scored. Zinchenko scored in the 61st minute. And then it was just like a cagey game after that. Uh, Villa got chances on the break. Arsenal were all full press. Um, Ramsdale made some unbelievable saves, um, including one in like the 92nd minute. Um, he made an amazing save pushing it up off the crossbar. Oh, Lord, yeah, that was moments before. Moments before Arsenal go down the other end right? Um, to take the lead. So, yeah, he makes that unreal save to push it, just tip a cannon of a shot off the crossbar and out. And it was just so up onto the crossbar that it came rocketing back down. It kind of on an angle back out of the box. Like it, it didn't go straight up or out, but it kind of it angled like back out. Luckily, back out away from danger. Um, but Arsenal picked up the ball from that and went down the other end. And Martinelli is on the left wing, and Jorginho coming in as the late man uh, has his arms in the air, screaming for the ball, and he unleashed a beautiful shot <laughs> right into like the corner of the bar where, like, basically where the poles meet. Yeah, and it cannons back down, right off of Emmy Martinez's big old head, and back into the goal. <laughs> As Emmy is diving, dramatic dive all the way across because it was there was only one way he was going to get it. He had to throw himself at it. His head is turning back to look at the goal to see if it went in. Uh, yeah, as it bounces <laughs> off the, the back of his head, <laughs> flies off the frame of the net. Smacks him in the head and jet, and it's not even like it trickles into the net. It hits him with such a velocity in the head. It bounces right and, back and in. It that shoots net. into the net. It's amazing. One of the funniest goals I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. There's no way to overstate yeah. this. I feel like uh, full disclosure. I don't feel 100 percent right now. Uh, I feel yeah. I'm on like a three day headache. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> my point is, I feel like I'm not being enthusiastic enough about this because I. I was stunned it was amazing i was just stunned with the humor of this goal yeah and the 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 emotions that went through so in such a quick like millisecond of like (laughs) what a shot to like oh fuck because it hit the bar great shot oh oh no and then instantly like oh and then just watching it like you couldn't even react fast enough to it happening honestly I usually react to goals before the commentators do on TV. Yeah. This one, I remember distinctly in the moment because there's like time slowed down. I remember distinctly hearing the commentator go, it's in the net. Or it might have been you. I heard yeah. someone go, it's in the net. Uh, before I could even react to, to the, what just the shot or the, or the ricochet or the knowledge that it came off of Emmy's face. Yeah. It happened so fast. and It was such a roller coaster. It was so funny. Yeah, it was amazing. It was like top thrill dragster at Cedar Point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was absolute thrill ride. And then we just laughed and laughed and laughed. and la- I mean, this yeah. would have been one of the funniest things ever if it happened to just any old schmo. Yeah. Eagle, but it happened to Emmy Martinez, one of the biggest trolls in the game. Yeah. Who uh, made headlines over the summer for basically like jerking off with the Golden Glove from the World Cup <laughs> yeah. like during yeah. the trophy celebrations. Yeah. Uh, we're big fans of Emmy. Don't get us wrong. Great don't, keeper. Don't get it twisted. Great keeper. Funny guy. Um, 
But it's funny when funny things happen to funny guys. Yeah, yeah. You got to laugh at somebody who count, who gets so much joy out of trolling everybody in football. Yeah. To be able to get a little taste of his own there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, it's, it's pre- always funny. Yeah. And you know he'll handle it well enough. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. He's going to be fine. This episode of Soccer Situations is brought to you by Littlefoot Coffee. I mean, what can I say about Littlefoot Coffee? Um, They're not just friends of the pod, they're family of the pod, quite literally. Um, Alex started Littlefoot years ago after more than a decade of roasting experience, um, roasting coffee for some of the hottest, most fashionable, and uh, most importantly, tasty specialty coffee roasters in America. My favorite thing about it is that it's just really high-grade coffee without a drop of pretense. You're not going to find a bunch of weird, savory notes that the roaster is passing off as intentional. It's just really sweet, comforting flavors that everybody wants in their coffee. And now, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com. Promo code SITUATIONS. Once again, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com using the promo code SITUATIONS. Funny. Yeah, it was very funny. And it didn't end there. It didn't end there. (laughs) Uh, So the last, you know, you think 93rd minute, that's got to be basically it. But... So the game keeps playing on because the goal scored. We had six minutes added time, I think, but a little bit added on because of the goal. And I think Villa had a corner or a free kick mm-hmm. in the ball. And Emmy Martinez came up. Oh, it was a corner because Emmy Martinez comes up. It's probably assuming that, you know, this is the last moment of the game. They're going to blow the whistle after it's done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because this is, uh, I think, the 97th, like the 97th minute of ninety six. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they they take the corner. Arsenal cleared away fairly easily. Uh, Fabio Vieira picks up the ball, is sprinting forward. Martinelli running through the middle, and he just slots the ball through to him. And I think Fabio Vieira starts celebrating the moment he plays the ball to Martinelli. <laughs> yeah. And then Martinelli's running through, and halfway to the goal, he puts his arms out in celebration, but only for a split second. And then he focuses back up and goes in and, and taps it into like an empty net. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it was amazing. Such a funny, funny. And then he, he ran off pointing in the back of his shirt. Yeah, hilarious way to end the game. Um, Alex had said that he wanted a two-goal cushion, so the game, the win looked emphatic, and he got it. And, yeah, like you just said at the end of it, that was kind of my favorite part of this one was after st- tapping into a completely empty net, uh, he ran over to the crowd, turned around, and gave the name to the crowd and did the double thumbs up to his name on the back like he scored a, like he scored a worldie. It was such a good goal. It's a, so it's a great celebration. For what that a celebration. To do the pre-celebration and then to do that celebration on top of the pre-celebration. It's very funny. Funny, funny stuff. And he's been kind of struggling lately, too, so it's even funnier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even in really like like a game where you romped him. You know what I mean? No, it not was at actually all. a tight game for like, a very tight game. For you, most of, you won it in added time. Yeah, the whole yeah. game it was tight. Yeah. Um, Maybe Arsenal, I think, were on top more often in the second half, but it was tight. Villa were deadly on the counter. Yeah. Funny stuff kept happening this weekend. The next game we watched uh, was Newcastle hosting Liverpool. Um, <laughs> last week I said this would be a bellwether of how Liverpool's season was going to go. Um, 
Uh, I guess that's debatable now, given the events of today. We'll come back to that. Yeah, talk about that later. Um, but the Newcastle game was great. Um, I, I I didn't know what to expect, honestly. Um, yeah, we had come off of the Everton win. Um, yeah. But that's Everton. That's a, like a one-off capsule result. I don't think it really. Has yeah, any you bearing. can't judge anything off of a derby game like that. No. Um, but long story short, early great goals from Darwin and Gakpo. Um, a lot of cause for celebration there, um, both for those guys individually. Uh, the team looked a lot sharper. Um, then the comedy kicked back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it got real funny real fast. We're up 2-0. Newcastle are pressing, and they have a corner, I believe, again. Um, excellent, excellent clearance from Allison. Not clearance, I should say. Um, he gathers and launches a pass to, uh, to Salah downfield. Um, and Nick Pope had come out to collect. I think he was going to try and clear it away or play it. Yeah, so I, I'm doing a piss-poor job of describing this. But anyway, Pope was out to clear it. Um, and I think he underestimated how much the ball was going to spin to the right, to his left. Yeah. Um, the ball spins to the right. Salah actually does kind of a poor job of collecting it. He didn't take a first touch. Yeah. He could have taken a first touch um, and been really in on goal. But anyway, he misses his first touch <laughs> and gives Pope the chance to clear. And, oh boy, this was another just, like, moment of, like, slapstick genius. Yeah. The, from the best I can tell, Pope, Attempts a diving header to clear the ball away from Salah. Yeah, but it was like he was already on his knees when he tried to decide to head it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he was going to gather it, but then again, it was spinning to um, his left, I think, a little too laterally, and he realized he wasn't going to be able to get his torso in the way. Yeah. So he starts to throw his head at it Phil Jones style. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, and... And he mistimes that as well. And he actually bounces his face off the ball. Yep. And his head snaps back. He just bounces his head off of the ball in a really kind of brutal way. Yeah. Um, apparently, because he instantly got a head injury, he decides to just gather the ball up with his arms, even though he's about 40 <laughs> yards out from goal. Yeah, he's way out of the box when yeah. he decides to, to put his arms down. Just a moment of absolute insanity from a, <laughs> a really, really good keeper, to be honest. Yeah, he's yeah generally very good. And, you know, he usually seems like he's pretty well, like, calm and collected, but... Yeah, I wouldn't have expected that from him. That was madness. Yeah. Salah freaked out for a moment, but he didn't have to. They, uh, yeah. they got that read out right away, and Pope was gone. Instantly, yeah. And the game was, I mean, that was pretty much done and dusted. But Yeah, I was going to say that there's a little more, um, I mean, there's a footnote of interest in that um, Martin Dubrovka was their backup. He came on. Dubrovka's yeah. a good keeper. I was actually kind of annoyed to see him come on. Yeah, he is like, a good oh, keeper. I hate when teams have a good backup. Um, but he is ineligible to play United in the League Cup final. That He played, for, he, was, uh, he was on loan at United. He played in the League Cup for them already. Thank you for that. Anyway, he's ineligible to play against United, so that means their third-choice keeper, one Loris Karius, formerly of Liverpool, will be between the sticks at Wembley. It's That's insane. He doesn't so have crazy. a great record in cup finals, um, but I I really hope for the best for him. I do, too. Yeah. Um, man, it was really tragic what happened to him at Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know... Um, he got concussed by Sergio Ramos, took an elbow to the temple, um, and immediately committed some egregious errors, uh, gifting Real Madrid a couple of goals in the 19 uh, Champions, or, uh, Champions League final. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and his career really spiraled and yeah, he fell off the face of the earth basically. I mean, I think yeah. Newcastle picked him up. He was a free agent. I yeah, don't think he had a team. He had stints in Turkey and Greece, I think. At Frankfurt, he was at Frankfurt as oh, well. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he's been having a rough time. So hopefully, this is a chance for him to get his life back on track. I mean, yeah. His life is just fine. He's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man, and he is still playing top-level football. So, yeah. you know, even if he is a third-choice keeper, he's probably making decent money. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, um, more slapstick goalkeeping stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, and I did say, like, it was basically done and dusted, but Newcastle did put up a fight. They were dangerous on the counterattack in moments. Yeah, no, I actually was going to say, too, the rest of the game was super boring, so we can just say that was the end. Yeah. Um, but you're right in that. Um, Liverpool, in sort of um, a prelude to the Real Madrid game today, um, Liverpool really um, fell off after going up. Or after, um, yeah, after going up 2-0. Yeah, we'll come back to the Champions League game. But, yeah, Newcastle did come back. They had a, um, the better the better period of football down with 10 men. Yeah, they did. Yeah. You got to be, I mean, somewhat happy as a Newcastle fan with the way they played, even though they lost. Yeah. I mean, Liverpool needed, needed to keep keep the winning form going. So at least in the league, that was important to get that done. Yeah. I'm super happy with the points. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but as I said, if we win our game in hand, that puts us three points off of Newcastle in fourth place. Um, It's not bad. There are other teams to contend with, though. I think Tottenham will probably take that space. Actually, I think as of the time of recording, Tottenham are in that place. So um, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but yeah, no, you know, it's a it's a huge three points, regardless. It is, yeah, and it the, the gives you a chance. You know, you gotta, you have to have at least considering the season mm-hmm. to even be thinking about a fight is is got to be something you know yeah thinking about a fight for a champions league place yeah elsewhere around the league there were some pretty key games in terms of just uh table ties um we've got brighton and fulham uh kind of scrapping it out for european places yeah yeah. and um fulham snatched a pretty vital win away to brighton i didn't see that coming i didn't see that coming either i mean i know we've been talking about how good fulham's been coming up this year but brighton have been consistently very good especially at home yeah so pretty shocking pretty huge win for fulham that's huge three points for them in that that fight i would have liked to see more goals in that game a one nil for sure i was expecting it to be more of a three two kind of game i think we promised america a lot of goals in that game yeah yeah we were excited about that one it didn't quite live up to the billing but still a decent it was still a decent game you know those cage matches happen sometimes when uh Teams that are really uh, close rivals in the table kind of Yeah, they're up. really desperate for the points. Yeah, similar to that, but further down the table, um, Everton hosted Leeds and got an even more vital three points. Yeah, yeah, frustratingly, Everton has gotten a yeah. <laughs> Absolutely massive three points. Massive three points. I mean... Against Leeds. Yeah, I don't think anyone is surprised to see that Dice is having an effect as a coach. Yeah. Um we had this game on a second screen, um, so we didn't watch it with great, great attention. Yeah. Um, but I saw the Seamus Coleman goal, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, it just belter right across goal into the side netting. Um, Very satisfying goal. Good always. for him. 
Um, yeah, for especially for I mean, he's yeah one of the old guards, so yeah, not them not going down for him means a lot. Yeah, oh, you can absolutely see what it means to him. Yeah, and uh, you can't be mad about that. He can't end his Everton like career with them going down to the championship. That would be devastating for him. Right, right. As much as I wanted to laugh about Everton going down, who knows? Maybe Dice can actually make them respectable enough again that I'm happy to have them as a scrappy, uh, <laughs> scrappy opponent team. in the league. Yeah, know? yeah. Chelsea looked even more lackluster than they have. Yeah. All yeah. year. It's shocking. I mean, I know all those players are, are new and trying to get to know how to play together and know how to play whatever Potter's trying to get them to do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on over there, but you still would think with all that talent on the pitch, they'd be able to put the ball in the back of the net at least once. Yeah. I, th- I guess that's, I think that's what they were counting on too. They have to know that they can't, because they made significant changes too. Yeah, they it's did. not like they they're did. waiting to bet in all these new players. They're throwing them into the mix. Yeah. Um. So I can only think that Potter is um, banking on individual talent and you know carry on through some games. like yeah miracle moments to get them through at least games against lower opposition. Like he probably thought he could brute force it against Southampton. You know, rock bottom Southampton. Yeah, Southampton He's hasn't like, been great. Just unload all the guns like Jesse Ventura and Predator. <laughs> you know, spray it at the jungle and see what you hit. Um, but it's not working at all yet. Um, no, he hasn't found the right mix. Yeah, of players. Yeah, and I don't think Southampton have a lot of um, reason to celebrate yet. Yeah. No. Um, no. They snatched the game on a Ward-Prowse free kick, which they've been known to do. Yep, um, it's pretty classic. But they're not going to do it often enough um, the, to stay no. in the league. they got to start scoring goals Yeah, um, from free play. Um, side note on the Ward-Prowse free kick, we like to make fun of them a lot. We're not a big fans, right? Is that fair to say? Ward-Prowse? Yeah, I've never been a huge fan. I've um, always thought he's a bit of an overrated player. We just think British people overrate Brits, basically. It's fine. Yeah, um, I mean, it's proven in the market. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, but anyway, um, that was his 17th free kick in the Premier League. Um, only one shy of David Beckham's record. That's impressive. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. very impressive. I was like, dang, I guess we were assholes all I mean, time. he does know how to hit a free <laughs> kick. Let's see, oh, the other huge, huge result of the weekend. Nottingham Forest and Man City, 1-1. Oh, right. How did we forget that? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is one, yeah. We, we, you know, we didn't dare to dream, right? No, I think we basically said, yeah, we're not going to watch any of that. We don't care. Yeah, City are going to win four 0 walk out of there with the points, and it's going to be easy. Yeah, that was a kickoff that overlapped with a lot of games, so it got relegated to the ticker for us. I yeah, think. yeah, we were basically just keeping an eye on what was happening. Yeah, and when that, you know, I think about ten minutes before the score changed. I said, you know, Alex, City's only up by one. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think at that point we debated putting it on the TV. Yeah. We were like, well, should we put that game on? That's probably the most important game right now. Yeah, it's true. Um, and we didn't, and we we're idiots. That's yeah. why we have a podcast. Yeah. Um, we tell people things. Yeah, but we, you know, I did a double fist pump in the air when I saw the ticker show one one. Yeah. So you don't need a game to celebrate, okay? Big Chris you can Use your imagination. Dude, I grew up playing MS DOS text games. I can celebrate goals via text. <laughs> <laughs> I played Drug Lord, dog. Oh yeah. Wow, Drug Lord. Yeah. I forgot that game existed. Yeah. That's amazing. I was way too young when that was out. That game was super easy. You went from like Quaaludes to heroin 
to coke and you were rich and you just bought an AK and you were done. That's chance. Cops didn't stand a chance. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. That's that's true. I wonder who wrote that game. Some legend, probably 13-year-old sitting in his basement, wrote that game and like millions of American teenagers have played that. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows where that guy's at now? Hopefully still making video games. Speaking of Manchester, though, we should also mention Manchester United. Um, we we skipped over Leicester, Man U. Yeah. Um, Leicester got to be frustrated. First half looked so good, so dominant. Unbelievable. Chance after chance after chance, and they just weren't putting them home. The scoreline could be flipped if, in the first half if, with the way Leicester played. It could have easily flipped, yeah. yeah. Um, but then the second half, United turned it on. Rashford. Rashford's unstoppable at the is, moment. He is, dude. Um, I have to give it to him. He looks unbelievable. Seriously, he looks fantastic. I've the, he looks a completely different player. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense from what he even he looked at the beginning of this season. Yeah, it's the dude's energy. I swear to God, it's like he saw he's seeing a sports psychiatrist or something. Yeah, I, um, the, the amount of swagger and yeah. like the way he like you can just see the way he struts around out there. Yeah, his aura is different. Honestly, yeah, he feels like he he knows he's good and he's just like just out there just doing it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, there's been talk of United selling and having new, more spending power, yada, yada. They've always had a ton of spending power. Yeah, nothing really going to change there. But um, it might be baby Marcus Rashford that turns their season around for real. Yeah, yeah. You have to give him a lot of the credit right now. Yeah, well, him and Ten Hag, dude. Ten Hag's doing work over there. Yeah, he is doing way more than whatever they're paying him yeah, for sure. to, to deal with that mess and get it get it in the winning ways. Yeah, Let's dive in and talk about their uh, their the current status of their sale prospect right now, too. Oh, yeah. So they've had a couple of bids come in, one from the Qatari Consortium that doesn't officially include the owner of PSG, but he is involved in it. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is a British consortium owned by James Radcliffe, or led by James Radcliffe. Yeah, led by him, yeah. Um, of Enios, which is a petrochemical consortium. You don't, who, yeah. know, who knows? Who knows what the hell it this is? This is why I'm so. I told my buddy James I'm so tired of talking about ownership controversy. Yeah, <laughs> James, who I I love. Um, uh, this is another little sidetrack I want to take. Yeah. Um, if you listen to us and you have any thoughts on the podcast, I want feedback so bad. James is the only one that gives us feedback, and I value it so much and actually do my best to try and um, adapt. To, adapt. And take on yeah. his ideas. You know, and I'll try him and tell anyway. him when I think he's full of it. He knows that. But, uh, you know, he listens to this, to podcasts and this kind of content. And, you know, he has already given so much valuable feedback. And, you know, I went to school for writing both fiction and journalism. I know how to take criticism. Um, <laughs> last week, James literally, I didn't tell Alex this, but James literally texted and said, I'm sorry, man, that was your worst episode ever. I hated it. <laughs> 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 didn't, that's paraphrasing. You didn't say I hated it. But, um, yeah, and I was literally like, well, thanks, man. I appreciate I appreciate the honesty. Um, and, that's yeah, funny. that's just an example. Um, he has been much more positive in weeks before. He's not a dickhead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, that's the end of my rant. Send us feedback. Write in and, um, you know, contribute your own opinions if you want. Todd yes, at SoccerSituations.com. Um, anyway, back to the football. Um, so they've got essentially two key bids, one from a, a British conglomerate, one from a Qatari conglomerate. 
And then yesterday it came out that the Glazers may actually choose to hold on to a controlling interest. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's holding up a lot of the deals is that's what they want. Right. Um, And surprise, surprise, in a similar twist, uh, the same news has come out about Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Yesterday, John Henry clarified that he is not selling a controlling stake in the team. He's open to additional investment. Um in in Henry's defense, and I'll always defend him. Um, I've been a pretty vocal fan of his for a long time. Yeah. Ever like from the beginning of these headlines, uh, kind of swirling around, he has said, "We've always been open to additional investment," um, but he wants to retain a controlling interest. And um, the Qatari fund that was looking at Liverpool actually came out and said the percentage they want to buy was the issue holding up the deal too. Yeah. So this isn't yeah. really news in a way. Do you know no. what I mean? Yeah, not at all. I mean, we you've known about it, but I guess the news is that he's actually sticking to his word. Exactly. I think that's why people are saying it's news. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when he said that to begin with, that they were only looking for additional investment, people were, everyone was just immediately like, yeah, but he doesn't really mean that. They're, that's yeah, a basically. polite way of saying they want a full bid. Yeah, or like give me, more, yeah, just just bumping the price up, you know. The, you're going to have to pay me if you want me to convince me to give you all of it. And who knows, maybe I'm being naive and he tried desperately to sell and just couldn't get the vet full value. Who yeah, knows? that's possible too. Yeah, you know, I'm glad he's staying because I watched uh, a Union Berlin game this week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i chose the wrong one to jump on the bandwagon for they had the chance to leapfrog Bayern, and uh they drew nil nil with i think bottom of the table Schalke. Oof, it, it was ouch. it was actually a pretty ugly game yeah um i have to watch more of them to decide if they're really going to be my bandwagon team because i did not like what i saw this week yeah yeah ugly game yeah and i know it's union berlin too okay that's what they, they kept saying on ESPN. Oh, jeez. I can't say that. Yeah. I feel like I sound like a French chef saying onion. Yeah, you do. Exactly. Onion. Onion. Right? Like I'm in red. Onion. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I might not need them as my de- desperation fallback team if we don't sell out to an oil state. So that's, yeah, that's, that's good, good to good. know. Good news in, in the world of football. Yeah, yeah, that's big news. Sadly, we have to worry about that these days. The timing of it, of the Henry announcement and the United announcement, it's so strange. Um, and I, I couldn't help but wonder if um, it's tied to the charges being filed against Man City. Yeah, that's true. What do you think about that? Because John Henry has said in the past, basic, he has, I'm going to paraphrase him again here, but he has said something to the extent of, we never would have invested in the Premier League if we had known that our rivals were going to be able to spend like this. We can't compete like that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a bold statement. He's not wrong. It's not fair. Right. It's not realistic for people to spend the way that City has spent. No, Henry's expressed his frustrations with the impotency of financial fair play many times. Yeah, yeah. It's an absolute joke. It's it, it was just riddled with loopholes that they were just taking advantage of. Yeah. Um, so do you think we had an Illuminati backdoor meeting at Old Boys Club? Like Liverpool and Man U, like, look, we're the real giants of this league. Yeah. If I can shut down this city nonsense. <laughs> yeah, and w- get them and, out of the way. And we'll keep our club. And, we'll, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're embarrassing yeah. the league. Exactly. Just a conspiracy theory. It does. I mean, I think Pep believes that 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's I think true. Pep genuinely <laughs> thinks that, like, he all the clubs are just out to get them because they're winning. Yeah. And it's like, no, dude. 
We're out to get, we're out. People are out to get you because you've literally been cheating the system to win the league for the last ten years. Right. Yeah, Pep keeps saying that playing the victim while also being super super careful to um, distance himself to distance himself and and lay out a um, what is it called when you're um, insulating yourself from knowledge. Um, anyway, yeah, people that watch The Sopranos know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway all in all incredible incredible football this weekend and it i mean it always helps the mood when you start off with your team winning and especially in that fashion where it's like you you know you're on the edge of your seat all game and to, you hate to win it late because it stresses the hell out of you but winning it late feels so good that'll change the energy for the whole weekend um and just that game in general was just non-stop entertainment we were literally smiling like idiots at the end of that Villa Arsenal game. That was one of the funnest games of football I've watched in a long time. We were, I was like, uh, I was like kind of bouncing like Homer Simpson does when he gets excited about something like yeah. a toddler, you know? Yeah, we were like, yeah, all right, there's more football. Like, it's like, that's the early kickoff. Yeah. The early kickoff's never that fun. No, that was um, usually I regret waking up for it. Game of the season so far, for sure. Incredible stuff. Yeah, so fun to watch. Let's about. take a little dip around Europe. The Champions League has kicked back off. Yes. Um, and some just some generally wild news. Uh, earlier in the pod, we referred to a Barcelona refereeing scandal, I believe. Did we mention it before? I don't know if we were recording I, I don't know if we point. were on mic yet or not, but um, it's recently come out that Barca, <laughs> between 2016 and 2018, Essentially, we're we're sending massive payments to uh, the vice president of the Spanish referees committee, um, <laughs> and another a Catalan referee, uh, Jose Maria Enriquez. He lost me on the last one. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, he far. they paid him a total of seven million euros over twenty years, um, <sighs> and they haven't disputed this. Um, it's it's all there in black and white. Um, yeah, they didn't really do a whole lot to hide it, it seems. They were paying the committee. <laughs> uh, the only thing they did to hide it was they claimed that they were paying for a guarantee of fair calls. Not advantageous calls, but fair calls in their, in their so, play. Uh, um, that's a funny defense to take. Yeah. Um, super suspicious about this revelation is that... Um, the sort of condemning documents came out three months after they were essentially voided by La Liga's statute of limitations. La Liga has a three-year statute of limitations on these sort of deals. Um, so these came out immediately after um, Barca couldn't be, couldn't be prosecuted for Very any interesting. of this. I don't want to sh- spend too much time shitting on Barcelona because they're playing brilliant football again, and it's kind of fun to watch them. Yeah. Zavi's at the helm, and... Uh, um, they seem to be back on track, but that is sus. Yeah, that's a pretty damning uh, indictment that just come out that through all those years. I mean, obviously, you could see the football was that they were still a good team, which is even more kind of annoying. Where you're like, why do you need to pay referees? Their Europa League game against United, I was so mad that I actually missed that. That I got. We have to make sure we catch the return tie. Um, what happened in the first leg? It's two two. Yeah, yeah. It it. I was really excited to watch that because I for, I forgot that it was happening, 
And then it just all of a sudden I saw the result. I was like, oh man! I saw it like right after it ended. Is the return tie this week or next week? Uh, it's this week. It's Thursday this week. Cool. So Thursday at three, we we gotta remember to watch that. Yeah, I'll be sure to catch that. That's gonna be good. That's big for Arsenal too, for Europa League to see who we're gonna have to face, right? And potentially face the draw will still have to happen, but elsewhere in the Champions League, um. Just prior to recording, we actually pushed this show so I could watch Liverpool host Real Madrid. It started like a, <laughs> out to be a wonderful idea, and it turned out to be a terrible idea. It turned out to be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, Liverpool stormed out of the gates, and I was fully in Liverpool or back mode. We looked so crisp, so dangerous. Yeah, uh, Darwin scored an absolute peach of a goal. Yeah, what a um, cheeky finish. Absolute cheeky finish. He's It's actually the second time he's used that finish for us already. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's turning out to be a little trademark of his. This was the best example of it, though. Yeah, the cleanest um, contact you can make. Yeah, a little heel click finish. Um, this one threw Courtois the wrong direction. Um, soon after that, Courtois panicked like a deer in headlights and let Salah literally take the ball right off him and poke home into an empty net. Yeah. They seemed shook. We seemed invincible. Yeah, um, and then the stadium was loud as yeah, hell. Yeah, stadium was banging. Anfield at one point was literally the loudest I've ever heard it. At least. Yeah. Then they scored five unanswered goals and just it stomped us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I only caught the second half, but the second half was definitely not your best half, dude. The, they absolutely ripped you to pieces in the second half. Yeah. And they like <laughs> it seemed like with every goal their confidence grew, and exactly. they just started doing like cute flicks and pass it looked like fifa like when you're just slamming the a button passing no you know what around. it looked like was uh <laughs> nba jam do you remember the arcade game NBA oh yeah, jam, oh, yeah. the two on two like arcadey nba game yep where every shot you get your guy starts heating up he's yeah. heating up yeah and then eventually he's on fire and you're just invincible and you're just draining shots every from shot anywhere. you take goes in that is what happened to real madrid today you're right um that's the perfect way of putting it they did with every single goal look better and better better then the confidence just grew every yeah. time. I mean, their first goal was probably their best goal of the game. Just a lethal shot from Vinicius. Yeah. Um, their second goal, um, Allison decided to give Courtois one back for his fuck up. Um, <laughs> and Allison, with plenty of space, just fired a clearance right off the shins of Vinicius um, and back into his own goal. Yeah, it's terrible. Strange goalkeeping errors on both ends from two pretty legendary keepers i think yeah um but from there um madrid just ran riot when talking about the newcastle game i said it kind of portended this game and it was the same thing we came out and played about 20 minutes of really beautiful football we looked like the real deal liverpool and then we just kind of um lost our nerve yeah yep tough stuff um i was a little unhappy that klopp left a midfield of um a midfield including an aging visibly slow jordan henderson and um an obviously super talented but very young uh stefan basetich in um to kind of try and anchor a game against that real madrid midfield yeah that was pretty brutal that was tough it was a little bit of a trial by fire for the kid um who i think looked like our best midfielder though by far yeah to be fair to him he still had a decent game um and he was their only he was kind of the only outlet to relieve pressure when they had you hemmed in he was kind of pinging balls out across the pitch to get you out here and there. Yeah, I've kind of been mentioning his name here and there on the pod, but he really is starting to kind of emerge as from potentially a bright spot to like he looks like he really is going to be the kind of 
talisman of redemption of this season, I guess, for us. Yeah. You yeah. know? Uh, that's putting weight. That's so melodramatic, Todd. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, but um, I know what you're saying, you know, It's hard like, not to get that We don't have a lot. You know, we don't have a lot to look at right now. Um, and this kid, this 18-year-old gangly Serbian Spanish kid yeah. came out of nowhere and, and looks fucking brilliant. So Yeah, I mean, that has been Arsenal fans for... The yeah. last few seasons, it's yeah. been Saka, Smith Rowe, you cling when Martin you got to cling. You know, you know these kids coming in and showing, you know, promise. Yeah, and you know, I still, you still, you never know. You know, you're always like hesitant to get too excited about players, mm-hmm. um, even with a player like Saka. Until you know, you could see it was there, but you're like always kind of waiting for it to drop. You know, right? But or he, hit a, hit a ceiling. Yeah, yeah, but at this point, I'm yeah. I'm full. I I'm on. You know, obviously, you can't not be on board with what Saka's doing. He's he's taking it to a new level. But it's always it's impossible not to get excited though about a young talent showing any kind of promise. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, to recap that or to put a um, final bullet in it, um, Real Madrid five, Liverpool two. We have to go to the Bernabeu, win by three. Um, we have once or twice beaten a Spanish team by three when we needed to. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know if this is the same Liverpool that we've seen in the past. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is the season we'll see that happen. I don't think it matters anyway because I think Napoli is going to win the Champions League this year. They beat Eintracht Frankfurt 2-0, um, which isn't, you know, on paper the biggest result. But they topped our group, and I think this Napoli team just looks fucking awesome. Yeah, they're fun, they're fun to watch. And yeah. they're, yeah, I would I would love to see at least Napoli in the final this year. If they hold their nerve, I would love to see them make a run. It'd be so great. We need some new blood in the Champions League. Yeah. I'm all about embracing my Italian roots now, too. So I'm like, and this <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not. No, you can't go that far. can't really go that far. I liked being a cliche Italian bandwagoner, though. It's fun. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. And um, I do like I like when the Italian teams are relevant in the Champions League. It's totally. always fun. Absolutely. I love Juventus' yeah. years, the AC Milan, Inter. They're all fun to, like, I love the Champions League against those teams. Yeah, this Napoli team is a legitimately awesome team. Super yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, to dance around uh, Europe a little bit more, Dortmund beat Chelsea 1-0. Not a lot to say there except Graham Potter is already under quite a bit of pressure, even though the owners keep saying he's not. Yeah. Um, if they get knocked out of the Champions League, um, I don't know. I think he's there through the season no matter what. We talked about this off mic, I think, the other day. Yeah. I think they give him the whole season, but if he keeps losing, 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 and this team's if the players start to revolt, yeah, that's the thing. Then that could push him. That's out. when it. That's when it goes bad. Because there's a lot of expensive players there, and it's funny because I think Bowley promised to end the era of player power at Chelsea, but now he's got half a billion dollars worth of new players that are going to start throwing a tantrum about this manager. How do you end player power when the team costs half a bill? You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, like you've you basically written checks saying these players are the best players, so their egos are massive. Yeah, what are you gonna do now? Yeah, Potter came from Brighton. You think they respect him? Yeah, they don't know who he is. Half those players have no clue who Graham Potter is. No idea whatsoever. <laughs> you know, yeah, he was a managing Brighton. Yeah. Not that Brighton's no disrespect to Brighton. I think they're a great team, but no disrespect I don't to think Brighton teams, or Potter. I love Potter. I don't think players coming from Champions League teams. To, with those kind of fees are paying attention to what Brighton's doing. No, I don't think so either. Um, footballers are kind of, I, I, 
I mean, they're, I don't, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, <laughs> but there's some shallow fucking idiots that play professional football. Yeah, 100%. Um, so Dortmund has Potter kind of under pressure a little bit. Um, and Milan also beat Tottenham 1 0. I don't think you could say that Conte is under anything like the pressure that Potter would be. Or, no, or no, can no. you? I don't know. I don't know. I just think, um, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I, I feel like Conte is. If anything, they're scared to lose him more than he's worried about getting fired by them. Yeah. Um, I think they... We're never going to gain Tottenham fans on this podcast because we talk too much shit, but they have a beta complex. Yeah, we it's weird. We saw how Levy, how much he simped for Mourinho on mm-hmm. All or Nothing. You can't even deny that. Yeah, it's really bizarre because he kind of has a reputation in the transfer market of being like... A tough guy. A tough guy about money and things. And I mean, he's done some stupid stuff in the transfer market, and he's eventually, you know, yeah. caved. But he, he's generally known as kind of a tough guy in that market as far as getting the money he deserves or getting – but then – Maybe he's a tough guy when he's at a, at a table with other accountants. Yeah, right. But when he's, like, with alpha bros in a football, like, that's a different situation. Yeah, it seems that way anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, because it seems like Conte – I don't think Conte has any worry in his mind at all about losing his job. No, oh no, <laughs> oh no, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't care at I don't all. Think, I really don't. Think I don't he think does. if they fired him tomorrow, he'd just shrug his shoulders and go get another job. He'll have a better job <laughs> somewhere soon. else in Europe. Super soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I would love to see Milan. Speaking of Italian teams being being cool, like I would love to see a good Milan team in the Champions League again. Yeah, me too. They're awesome, dude. I think again, I don't really watch a lot of Serie A. That was a joke, but I, I get the impression that they're kind of the Tottenham of that league right now um, (laughs) dancing around the outskirts of the top four sometimes looking awesome sometimes looking mediocre yeah a lot of inconsistency going on to make sense just to fire off scores Bayern are up one nil on aggregate over PSG Uh, Neymar is seriously injured once again Um, looked like a pretty bad ankle tweak I don't know if any details have come out about it I saw the clip Um, I haven't heard any updates it's weird. It's not, it must be. There must not be much out there because I don't. I, you would think it'd be one of the first headlines. Yeah, um, we can come back to that. It's fine or not. Uh, this is already shaping up to be a very long podcast, our longest ever by a distance. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. I feel like I was trying to think in my head. I was like, have we done enough time? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny because I was looking at my notes and I was like, oh man, I feel like I have other stuff I want to talk about, but this is a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to, um, while we're kind of on the continent, as they say, uh, I want to talk about the tragedy of uh, Christian Atsu, former Newcastle player. I'm sorry. Um, and where else did he play around? I want to say he played. He at started at Porto. Play. He was at Chelsea from 2013 to 2017. But he was one of those players during Always that era that. of all where they were just buying players and then loaning them out. Yeah. So he from that time he never played for Chelsea once. Okay. Uh, um. He, yeah, he was part of the Chelsea loan army. Yep. Yeah. So he played at Vitesse, Everton, Bournemouth, Malaga, and then Newcastle on loan, where he turned into a permanent player. Right. Played about four years at Newcastle. Yeah. Um. Before leaving, he ended up um, in Turkey playing at Hatia Spor, where he actually scored a game-winning goal about 12 hours before burying, buried in the rubble of, with that tragic earthquake that just struck Turkey and Syria. Yeah, which is just surreal. Um, it's Yeah, it is surreal. As the reports were coming out in real time, um, 
you know, the first reports, I think at the time, it, 4,000 people were reported dead. Yeah. Now it's about 50,000, I think. Yeah, the numbers kept escalating um, very quickly. But Atsu was actually reported as having survived. Yeah, he having, was reported found really early, yeah, which was it, super early. Like, yeah, which is also very bizarre. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because it was Turkey and they found another black guy. <laughs> yeah, they're just being racist. And they it could have. Like, I don't uh, know what the black population is like, but he's no. not in Istanbul. He's in a smaller town in Turkey. Yeah. Um, And anyway, uh, you know, we don't need to make jokes about it. But, yeah, no, um, it's tragic. Yeah, it's tragic, and um, in reading about his death, I kept seeing tons and tons of comments from um, Turks mm-hmm. about their about their building codes and, and how fucked up it is. And one of them linked a picture of the luxury apartment buildings that Atsu lived in yeah. and pointed out that the buildings didn't crumble the way buildings crumble in earthquakes and kind of implode on themselves. Yeah. The buildings literally toppled over like dominoes, dude, That's so because weird. none of them are up to earthquake code. Um, and I did some reading and in 2001, that's when Turkey first brought its codes up to like the global standard of earthquake prevention and safety. Um, but yeah, well, the, the problem is a huge portion of their economy is based on, um, real estate growth and construction. Yeah. And that fucking lunatic president of theirs, Erdogan, Erdogan, Erdogan. Yeah. Um, He he essentially campaigned on that kind of growth. Yeah. And so they instituted essentially um, he unveiled a program to grant amnesty to companies and individuals um, responsible for building code violations. Wow. So essentially these people could pay off a fee and their um, and their building code violations were just swept under the rug. That's unbelievable. So it's countrywide common knowledge that over I think fifty percent of um their buildings don't meet code. don't meet earthquake safety codes right um i think i read 300 million or maybe it was 30 million apartments um did, were not up to code no i'm sorry we're gonna edit that out too <laughs> <laughs> um 13 million apartments were not in compliance with with uh um earthquake safety standards Jeez. insane stuff yeah it's so fucked up dude the companies or the the country is trying to grow and trying to build so fast that they're just putting up shit, even though there are multiple fault lines that crisscross through the major country. fault lines. Ma- the, the country is essentially a fucking scribble of fault lines. Yeah. Like, what do you like? Literally, the most dangerous thing in your country is the is earthquakes. Right. And the government just takes money and lets people put up shit. It's capitalism that killed these people. Fifty thousand people. It's not the yeah. earthquake. No, hundred percent capitalism. Yeah. It's tragic because all those people. You know, the presidents and the people with the money don't have to worry about it because they're never going to live in those buildings. Right. Like they, there's, they have no fear whatsoever. They just paid, they just took a bribe that cost 50,000 people their lives. And America's infrastructure code is going the same way. Yeah, I was going to say, we could do a whole other hour rant on America's We don't need this to be a political podcast. <laughs> yeah, we don't but... need <laughs> yeah. For my Republican <laughs> homies out there, some regulation exists for a reason. Anyway, um, respect to Christian Atsu and all of the non-footballers that died in this. Yeah, all the people, tragically. Ultra unnecessary tragedy. Neighborhoods of communities of people lost. Entire communities. If these numbers, these sort of malfeasance numbers in construction in Turkey that I read today, my source was AP News, by the way. Um, If those numbers are real, it is 
there has to be criminal charges brought. The thing is, you know, Erdogan is going to bring criminal charges against the contractors. Yeah. Even though it was his amnesty policy allowed them to get away with those buildings. Yeah, yeah but he'll throw yeah. them under the rug. He'll throw them under the rug and probably find a way to profit off of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at least get reelected off of it. Yeah. Look like a hero. Anyway, back to the football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, should we look ahead to the next weekend? Let's do Oh, I don't want to look at football news right now. It's all about Liverpool getting thrashed. By yeah, I noticed that. A lot of headlines. <laughs> Go to the Premier League page. Go to the Premier League page. Quick, quick, quick. Uh, I'm being more, like weirdly sanguine, relaxed <laughs> about uh, this, this humiliating defeat. Yeah. I think I'm broken. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those ones that you just have to, you just have to take. There's really nothing you can even say about it. Right. You just you, – you were – absolutely taken to pieces in the second half and it seemed like they yeah it was just like they accepted it at some point yeah it's funny i said during the game that no matter how many times madrid beats us i still feel like we're better than them <laughs> and they, they just find a way to get lucky every time and yeah I, I still believe that <laughs> um i do i still believe that yeah um all right. Do you have a fixture list? Do you want to run down them real quick? Yeah. We're probably low on time. This is getting pretty long. Yeah. So we're kicking off. We do have a Friday fixture this week. All right. Um, Fulham and Wolves is kicking us off at 3 p.m. on Friday. Okay. Um, that'd Ful- be a good match. Fulham, in, in, based on form and table, should win it easily. But um, I still just – I don't know if it's just in my head, but I can never rule out Wolves anymore. Right. I just I I can picture players on their on their team that are have like done damage against us. They've established themselves in their in our minds as um, a troublesome team. Yeah, they they have they are always a problem. It seems to me. So I I can never rule them out. But in theory, Fulham should take that game fairly easy. Yeah. Um. I you know I have to start rooting against Fulham. We're we, yeah. You know, you're we're competing comp- with them yeah, for exactly. European places now. Exactly. Okay. Who would have thought? Uh, Everton Villa. So we have no early kickoff on Saturday. That's interesting. Okay. It looks like Newcastle Brighton was postponed. Hmm. Uh, oh, oh, for uh, the League, League Cup. Cup final this weekend. Yep. Right. Yep. So Everton Villa kicks us off in the 10 a.m. spot. Um. I mean, Villa should again. Villa should win, but I will. This good test, I guess, to see against another. Is that at Villa or at Goodison? Goodison Park. So okay. Dice is, they'll have the energy of the crowd. Dice yeah. will be, you know. Goodison's going to be essential to them. Yeah, huge, huge. But Emery's Villa is a good side. Big test for both of them. Big test, yeah. Yeah, can Villa bounce back after a frustrating loss against Arsenal where they felt like, I'm sure they felt like they deserved at least a point out of that. Right. Um. So, and speaking of, next up is Leicester Arsenal. Interesting one because Leicester, after seeing the first half of Leicester and against United, I'd be a little terrified of this game being mm-hmm. being an issue for Arsenal. Um, but then the second half, United kind of took them to pieces. So um, it'll be interesting to see how how this game shakes out. Which Leicester team shows up? Yeah, I feel like this Leicester this year just has no identity. Yeah, they seem they seem lost. Um, yeah, it seems like one of those projects that's kind of sputtering out, you know, where it was like they were a good side for a while, but a lot of those players are either – it's hard to say whether they're just burnt out on the project or being there or if they're fading, like, career-wise, if they're starting to come toward the tail end. Yeah, that's a good question. That's always a tough question. 
Um, like James Madison, for example, is like right. Madison has moments, but he's been nowhere near the player that he was, or that he was expected to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arsenal almost signed him, and I th- I was pretty excited about that prospect. Yeah, he was getting a lot of that English hype for a little bit. Um, so that'll be a fun game. Another ten a.m. kickoff. I mean, I'll run through the rest of these. Let's see. West Ham, Nottingham, Forest. I mean, not not much there. Relegation uh, fight. Yep. Leeds United, Southampton. Another huge relegation game. Yeah, there's big relegation fights yeah. this game this weekend. Huh? Yeah. So there's some good relegation stuff. Um, Ooh, basement brawl. Yeah, those are always fun. Yeah. yeah, I love. It's one of the best things about the league is that there's excitement at both ends. Like, right. No matter what your team's doing, there's as stress. it comes down to the you know the business end of the season, usually the more excitement is at the bottom end of the table. Yeah, it gets very. Usually tense. the top is sorted. Yeah, a lot of times it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very rare we get a last day title decider. Right. Uh, so then we got Bournemouth and City. Um, that's okay. our twelve thirty on Saturday. It's right. our late kickoff. Not gonna oh, expect not even, much from that. Not even a late kickoff because we have. Palace Liverpool after that. Ooh, late kickoff, two forty-five p.m. on a Saturday. Yeah, those Champions League nights. Yes, um, that's fun. Is that at Palace? Uh, yes, Dang. that is at Palace. That's gonna be a good atmosphere. That'll be good. Liverpool are gonna have to see how much Klopp screams at them between now and that kickoff. Yeah, we'll see what happens. One thing I do want to point out here, though, is we've been very curious about the fact that everything has been front loaded on Saturdays lately. Mm-hmm. And this kind of proves it again. They shove another game at 2.45 on a Saturday Mm -hmm. rather than pushing it to a Sunday. Is there no one on Sunday? There's one game on Sunday. Huh. What is it? Big game on Sunday, though. Super Sunday. Tottenham-Chelsea. Ooh, that's nice. Neither club. I mean, Tottenham's in fourth, so they're they're, they're the better side based on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tottenham's never convincing, so. No, up and down, always. Um, maybe this is the game where Chelsea puts it right and gets it together. It would be nice. Either that or Tottenham could thrash them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if uh, if Son and Kane show up in Kulusevski. How do you say his name? Kulusevski. Kulusevski. That's I got stuck in my mouth there. It's it's okay. I was thinking about getting Petya on the pod to be an official like Slav uh, pronunciation. <laughs> pronunciation. Because, I, I, because she definitely knows Serbian names because Serbians are, are their neighbors. And I wanted to get a, a pronunciation on Basetic because I keep hearing all the Brits pronounce it differently. Yeah, yeah. I and hear Bicetic, Basetic. I was going to say, like, I think today they were saying Basetic. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Petya, let us know Serbian name. B-A-J-C-E-T. I see. Anyway, okay, let's let's we need to wrap this up. Yep, what, that's what else? it for the weekend. That's it for the weekend. Yep, that's it for the weekend. All right, y'all. Yeah, well wait. Newcastle United, Manchester United League Cup final. Oh yeah, the League Cup final. <laughs> it's not been a long episode, but we it feels kind of bad now to talk about it. In it. There. Um you can't help you can't think you can't see anything but a massive Manchester United victory. Right? Um yeah. Newcastle have been kind of struggling for the past couple of months since the holidays really yeah they've, they've plateaued been, yep yeah um since the world cup break, i think they've they only haven't... won one out of their last six games yeah um and if that weren't enough just sheer momentum meanwhile united just win after win after win yeah rashford's become superman to remind you we we uh got their keeper suspended so nick pope's out their backup yep. keeper can't so loris Karius is in, in goal Potentially, yeah. They have another. They have another like journeyman keeper no, as well. It's gonna be Lars Carius. I hope. I mean, I want it to be Carius because I want a redemption listen, story. It's gonna be Lars Carius. But um, 
San Maximin is out as well? Yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 Um, it's going to be tough. They're missing it's key gonna players. It's going to be very tough. Yeah. They're missing some key players. We and, would uh, need a Carius hero story, redemption story, to, to kind of give Newcastle a chance here. Could be cool. Uh, I fully expect Eric Ten Hag to collect his first trophy as Manchester United manager. Yeah, yeah. That seems the most likely outcome. Yeah. But we'll see. Yep. All right, that's it now. All right. Now that, we're done. That is it. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. This is probably a long episode. We'll see how much I chop out yeah, of it. <laughs> chop some of it for sure. I'm going to do some editing. But um, thanks for listening. Um, do us a favor. If you know any weirdos that like that like soccer, um, tell them about the podcast. Pass yeah, it along. Word. Um, we have some merch coming. I set up some stuff on Redbubble to get some third-party merch printed. Nice. Um, we'll see if that is viable soon. Um, but, yeah, we're trying to make a go of this, and um, we want to make it better every episode. So, like I said, give us feedback. Yes, tell please. us what's wrong and what's good, and tell your friends about the pod, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Soccer? Soccer, 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 soccer. Situation. Situation.